America is experiencing a mental health crisis. Even before the COVID-19 pandemic, some 50 million Americans struggled with mental illness. More than half went untreated. Depression and suicidal ideation are on the rise, and anxiety is a daily companion for tens of millions of Americans. Hello everyone, I'm Tracy Matisak. We'll hear real life stories from people around our region who have experienced their own mental health challenges and how they're coping with everything from grief to eating disorders. Later in the program, we'll meet a panel of experts who will provide valuable information on what to do if you or a loved one are struggling. Above all, we want you to know that you're not alone. If you need someone to talk to or would like to explore treatment options, dial 211 to speak with a caring person who can help. WVIA's Mind Over Matter, a mental health initiative, is underwritten by Geisinger. When you hear Geisinger, what comes to mind? A hospital, doctors, health insurance? We're all those things. But here's something you might not think of. We're also your local pharmacy. Geisinger Pharmacy isn't just for people in the hospital, it's for you. Wanna fill a prescription? We've got you covered. Just need over-the-counter stuff? We've got that too. And Geisinger Pharmacy is run by your friends and neighbors. We're your local healthcare system and your local pharmacy. In every episode of Mind Over Matter, we've examined the toll that the COVID-19 pandemic has taken on our collective mental health. We've also talked about treatment options like talk therapy and medication. But sometimes the most powerful healing can come from unexpected places and there's no prescription required. As COVID, the pandemic was unfolding here at the district, we were, had already been trying to look at creative ways to address trauma and stress in children. My husband and I, we brought Barney home in June. So my superintendent and my supervisor discussed with me the, the, the possibility of maybe training this puppy to be a therapy dog. He's an English Labrador Retriever. He's now 11 months old and is still in, uh, in the socialization part of his training. And hopefully in, in, in the months to come, he will be taking his therapy dog test uh, to become our official certified therapy dog in the Hanover Area School District. We see the traditional stressors in students. Any changes in their routines can cause a stress in a child. Feelings of loneliness um, and isolation when children are, are left out of their social group, their friend group. COVID has only amplified that. Barney is a great neutralizer. He's an equalizer. He's a mood booster. I've had him around our preschoolers here in the district, in our kindergarten, first grade buildings, to our middle school buildings, up to our high school. And when, when kids converge around him, he will just roll over and and he's Mr. Docile. Students that uh, have difficulty coming out of their shell can look at Barney and it's almost like he can sense a difficulty that a student might be having and he'll seek those kids out and he'll just lay by them. And, and all of a sudden, the student who doesn't wanna you know, read their story or do their math work, all of a sudden they're, they're petting the dog alongside of him and they pick up their pencil and you could, it, he's a diversion and, and he's a good diversion. People will stop when they see him in a hallway or walking into a classroom. 
and someone stops and, oh my God, he just made my day. I'm suddenly having the best day. I mean, I don't have that giftedness about me, but Barney certainly does. To give a sense of, of confidence, a sense of belongingness to uh, students that, that maybe wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise. If you're struggling with an eating disorder, grief, or just feeling stuck, there is help available. Call 211 to talk to a caring person who can start you on the road to recovery. Stress is a fact of life, and it's probably safe to say we've all experienced it at some point during the pandemic. For some, high levels of stress are all in a day's work. How we respond can make all the difference when it comes to our mental health. A little girl who was hit by a vehicle, she had some pretty significant head injuries. So we flew her out uh, to get her to a trauma center quicker. It was emotional, wondering whether or not she would make it. She did recover and I was able to meet her after the fact and, and she's doing wonderfully in life. That was a very stressful call. Um, there are definitely images that stick with you. I'm, you know, obviously over the course of my 23 years, I've seen some pretty traumatic events and traumatic images, you know, gunshots to the head, fatal auto accidents. You know, there are a lot of times where it's just, you don't know what you're going into. You know, everybody's undergoing a lot of stress at that point. So a lot of times we get a, a lot of wrong information. So there are scenes that could be completely chaotic. There's people screaming and yelling and, you know, trying to rush in. We just kind of drown everybody out. Critical incident stress debriefing is offered after any type of, you know, critical incident or stressful incident. And they actually bring in professionals, counselors. But I do have an employee here now who I did send for some uh, stress debriefing after um, some children uh, were the victims of a drowning incident. So there's just a constant on the go. You don't know what you're going to get into every day. You don't know how many calls you're going to have. You don't know if you're going to get a lunch. You don't know, you know, you don't know. You can get called out at the drop of a hat. So that in itself is stressful. I have four dogs waiting for me every time I go home. So they are my de-stressors. After 23 years, uh, stress is not very common for me. I've seen a lot uh, in my field and I've learned how to deal with it. Uh, I can't say that things don't bother me. There are certain circumstances that still bother a lot of people, especially circumstances with children um, or very gruesome sights. I seem to deal with it as well as I can. And when I go home to my dogs, that's one thing uh, that de-stresses me. So I'm a huge advocate for rescue animals. I rescue dogs and uh, I currently have four of my own who were all rescues. I bought a large property in hopes of opening up my own rescue someday. So that's something that's always uh, on my mind. As a way to alleviate my stress, I take my dogs for walks daily. That's kind of my outlet. So I take them just a few miles away to the Wyoming Valley Sanitary Authority and we have, there's a farm there. They, they run 
And while they're running, I just let everything go and that's my way to relax. recent study shows that Americans check their cell phones on average 96 times a day. That is once every 10 minutes. For young adults, the numbers are even higher. Turns out that we're so busy connecting digitally that we're disconnecting from real life and compromising our mental health in the process. So even like at concerts or plays or anything like that, like I totally find myself with my phone, oh, Gotta hit record and put that phone up and you're missing the moment. You know, that's huge. You're missing the moment. I remember being in my 20s, I didn't miss anything. I didn't have anything to distract me, you know? Um, and now it's, it's kind of a bummer that I'm compelled to pick up the phone and go like this and miss the whole damn thing. So as a mom, you know, my daughter's on her phone all the time and I see this and I'm constantly saying to her, Riley, let's go outside, let's take a walk. Let's actually go outside and do something like productive, you know? I feel there are so many addictions out there between alcohol, drugs, you know, and digital. It's, it's huge and it's real. And there are places you can go and people you can talk to and alternative ways to, you know, soothe this feeling that you have to be online all the time and you have to be connected with people in that way. Most of us keep our phone on us or next to us from the minute we wake up in the morning to the minute we go to bed at night. So my daughter, Riley, she's 15. She'll be upstairs. She'll text me. I'm on the couch down here. She'll text me. Hey, mom, what's for dinner? Hey, Rye, why don't you just come downstairs and we'll talk about it? Wow. Imagine that we could actually talk person to person. I feel like, you know, younger generation kids these days, they're on their phones all the time. I know for me, I'm on my phone as well a lot. And I have to stop myself and, and say, you know, why don't you get outside? Why don't you go do things, be part of life instead of just like all day long, you know? It's not uncommon for people in the house these days to text each other and call each other, which is kind of, uh, you know, a little surprising but people have gotten a little bit lazy and a little bit complacent in the ease of access of the technology. I see that a lot in my profession. I bartend and I look around the bar and everybody's on their phones. No one's really present in the moment. And I find that a little sad. And here's another thing. I walk up to people at the bar and ask what they want. You know, hey, what do you guys need? And they're like this and I'm like, I kind of walk away because until they can get off their phone, you know, that kind of thing. That's true. But anyway, I'll be on um, Instagram and I'll be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And, and you know, I'm looking at my, at my, my phone and I'm like, wow, that's like 45 minutes of that. You know, you don't need to do that. And um, I, I start feeling a little guilty about it, you know, so I get up and make some tea and walk away from it for a little bit. And there's no way to make it happen automatically. And the only thing you can do is when you come in your house, turn off your phone or leave it in another room so you don't have it on you. But very few people are willing to part with their phones. But, you know, I really do think that we all need to take a break from scrolling. And, you know, you start getting 
you feel like you're almost like um, you get into other people's lives and what they're doing and you know you just have to make your own life and, and create your own cool things and um, get out of the house and just get off get offline. I would tell someone, you know, if if they think that they're spending a lot of time online, on their phones, on their computers, whatever, and, and just not getting outside and being a part of the world, I would tell them, you know, find your passion and go out and create something, you know? A typical day of shooting for me would be to make some coffee, get my camera, jump in my car, and just take a trip, a day trip, a road trip, doesn't matter where. I don't even know uh, what I really want to shoot. I just know that I will get in my car and drive, pull over wherever I see something interesting. And it's usually an abandoned building or something old or, you know, like an old road sign or somebody interesting. So one time I had heard about this Volkswagen graveyard. And I decided, well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna check this place out. I'm a huge lover of Volkswagens, anything old, old cars of any type, but especially Volkswagens. And you know, going to that place took me offline. I mean, I wasn't home on the computer. I wasn't looking into my phone. I was literally immersed in something that I really, really enjoyed and a place that I really enjoyed being. If you're artistic, go out and be artistic. Because scrolling online and, you know, being on your computer, you might feel you're being artistic because you're appreciating other people's art, but maybe go out and create your own. Uh, much more to talk about, but we're going to take a short break and we'll be back right after this. WVIA presents a Mind Over Matter Minute. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Faulkner from Geisinger. During the teenage years, it's important to have a healthy and trusting parent-child relationship. Here are some tips. Listen, kids are more likely to be open with their parents if they don't feel pressure to share information. Validate their feelings. Parents often tend to try to solve their child's problems. Show empathy for what your teen is feeling. Show trust. Teens want to be taken seriously by their parents. Give praise. Teenagers do care about what their parents think. Control your emotions. Teens are less able to control their emotions compared to adults. Be observant. Pay attention to changes in mood, behavior, and appetite. For more, visit wvia.org forward slash mindovermatter or dial 211 to speak with someone who can help. Mind Over Matter is presented by WVIA in partnership with Geisinger. And once again, welcome to Mind Over Matter. If you've had these kinds of struggles, remember that you're not alone. If you need someone to talk to or you'd like to explore treatment options, dial 211 to speak with a caring person who can help. So that said, let's meet our panel. Leah Doherty is the Instructor of Practice Bachelor of Social Work program at Marywood University, where she also teaches in the master's program. She is a social worker, educator, adoptive parent, and advocate. And Marianne McAvoy is a child advocate from Governor Josh Shapiro's Office of Advocacy and Reform. Marianne McAvoy, let me ask you about young people and why it is that young people tend to be more at risk when it comes to digital addiction. Sure, I mean, especially given COVID, like the doctor was just explaining, just that need for relational connectedness, and it's immediately at your fingertips when you need it. Now, it's a double-edged sword because you can 
use social media in healthy ways or you can use it in unhealthy ways, right? So making sure that we're talking to our children about what that looks like, what the difference is between healthy and unhealthy internet usage um, is extremely important. But ultimately, all of our children are trying to connect. They're trying to find groups that they can fit in and they're, they're finding their own identities. And in doing that, they're trying to connect to different people and social media has given them a way to do that. It's been part of their lives um, forever. For some of us, we didn't grow up with it, but for a lot of our kids, it's just a part of their childhood. It's a part of their their life. Um, so just making sure that they understand, you know, what do healthy relationships look like so that when they are online, they can really distinguish between what's a healthy online interaction and what might not be. Yeah. And, and while friends are important for all of us, it seems that for young people, I mean, friends are everything. Oh, they're everything. Yeah, yeah they're everything. Yeah. But it's important, um, like the mother in the video said, to be able to put that phone down and to connect with family and, um, you know, those friends in person to have that support structure. Leah, what are some of the warning signs that we should be looking for uh, to, to discover whether we or somebody that we care about might be spending a little too much time right. on and, devices? And as the doctor indicated, we're becoming more and more aware that this is has the potential to be an addiction just like other addictions. And in any addiction, it's a compulsion, you know, to to an extreme, you know, in, in the simplest form. Children need adults in their life who are providing those, you know, those stable supports for them. Um, there are so many programs uh, throughout Pennsylvania that provide these types of supports to our kids who need them. I know in uh, the one video we watched the therapy dog and um, the beauty of those relationships, whether it's with a, a, a a trusting adult or an animal, a pet, is that they're lowering that level of stress that that child's feeling, right? And they're bringing them into a state of calm, feeling safe, and that's where we really have to get to be able to help children who have experienced adversity. So it is really not important to know the, every detail of what a child has experienced. Mm -hmm. It's more important to be there to help them work through the emotions and the aftermath of it in a space that's calming and, and safe for them. Um, Leah, I just want to ask before we get back to the therapy dog, because we will talk about that in a moment, but how do we know when we or someone close to us, maybe our, our stress levels are just a little bit too high, whether it's from, you know, we've, we've experienced trauma or just everyday life, which can be pretty stressful. How do we know when we're, we're kind of maxing out? So I think personally, um, our immune system will be depleted if we're in too much stress. And so people are more likely to get sick um, is one factor to consider. If it's just the people around you, you'll notice differences in maybe their sleep patterns or their eating habits or just their mood, you know, is off. Um, pay attention. You know, if someone doesn't seem okay, ask. It's okay to ask. And Marianne, um, getting back to the therapy dog, I was um, thinking about, in, in the story about Angela, uh, the paramedic, she showed us the four rescue dogs that she had, and she talked about how they really helped to reduce her stress level, which of course made me think about Barney, the therapy dog, in the other story. Um, what is it about pets, and dogs in particular, that have such a therapeutic effect on us as humans, and on children in particular? Yeah. 
I love this question. Uh, so where to start, right? Um, I think if we're looking at recent research on using animals for therapeutic means, we wanna look at the fact that those stress hormones in our brains are actually lower. They're proven to be lower when we're around our pets. Mm -hmm. And I love looking at this from kind of an evolutionary standpoint, right? Animals have always been crucial to our survival as humans. Um, now we talk about them as pets, but you know, long ago they were there to protect us, feed us. When we were cold, they were there to clothe us, right? So animals just from an evolutionary standpoint make us feel safer. And as we've evolved, now they've become these uh, emotional uh, crutches for us as well, so to speak. And it may not even be that recent that that has become that way. If you look at a, you know, ancient civilizations and Egyptians, um, so many times animals are seen to be this link with like the afterlife and they just, they play this really big spiritual role for us and they really always have. Well, Dr. Laura Campbell, Marianne McAvoy, Leah Doherty, thank you all for being part of tonight's program and for your ongoing work in the area of mental health. For more information, visit wvia.org slash mindovermatter and remember, you are not alone. On behalf of WVIA, I'm Tracy Matisak. Thanks so much for watching. WVIA's Mind Over Matter a mental health initiative is underwritten by Geisinger. When you hear Geisinger, what comes to mind? A hospital, doctors, health insurance? We're all those things. But here's something you might not think of. We're also your local pharmacy. Geisinger Pharmacy isn't just for people in the hospital, it's for you. Wanna fill a prescription? We've got you covered. Just need over-the-counter stuff? We've got that too. And Geisinger Pharmacy is run by your friends and neighbors. We're your local healthcare system and your local pharmacy.